the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at PastorScott at KKLA.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. And now, here's Pastor Scott. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. It is Friday. That means Open Line Friday. We'll take your call on any subject, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557 is the number. You can change the subject. You can keep talking about what we're talking about. Maybe you got a Bible question, question about the news, something else going on in your life you want to talk about, 888-528-2557 is the number. Open Line Friday. We'll change the subject just for you. Something else that's important, if you missed the announcement earlier today on KKLA, Today and today only, you can buy one ticket and get one ticket free for our Ask a Jew, Ask a Christian event with Dennis Prager and Pastor Alan Jackson at Shepherd Church. It's going to be Tuesday, March 12th. You can go to kkla.com for information and also go there to get your tickets and buy one, get one free. So here's how you do it. This is only good for today and this is only good until midnight. So while you're thinking about it, our Ask a Jew, Ask a Christian is a conversation that'll be with Dennis Prager and Pastor Alan Jackson. It's a great event. So many things that are relevant to that going on in the world. This is for anybody, too. It's not just about religious things. It's about views on Israel, views on what's going on over there. What are the differences between uh, Christians and Jews when it comes to Jesus and the Messiah and different beliefs? What is the, you know, so much about uh, the rise of anti-Semitism and other things will be a lot of great conversation that's important. It's also going to be a great time. Today and today only, you can get one ticket for the price. Wait a minute. One, buy one, get one free. You got to make sure you say that. You know, if you say buy two, get one free, then, uh, you know, buy two for the price of one, uh, then you're not really. Anyway, buy it's one, a get deal. one. Woo-hoo! Yeah, buy one, get one free. So what you do is go to kkla.com, click on the banner, or put in uh, for Ask a Jew, Ask a Christian, or keyword ask. Get your tickets. And when you're checking out, when you get the discount code, use BOGO, B-O-G-O, B-O-G-O, BOGO. That's your discount code. This will help you get buy one ticket, get one ticket for free. It's only available today, so you want to take advantage of that right now, this special. The BOGO discount code expires tonight at midnight. Go to kkla.com right now and get your tickets. All right. Uh, it's Open Line Friday. We'll talk about whatever it is you'd like to talk about. And I'll get to your calls here in just a second. I told you before that I was going to talk a little bit about uh, just the idea of Christian nationalism. This is going to be something that comes up a lot more these days. And one of the things about it that is um, challenging is that nobody has a definition for that. Like, what is it? What is it actually? This was something famous. We talked about this at length uh, earlier this week, but I'll play this clip here. This is a clip 1D from MSNBC. And the one thing that unites all of them, because there's many different groups orbiting Trump, but the thing that unites them as Christian nationalists, not Christians, by the way, because Christian nationalists is very different, Mm -hmm. is that they believe that our rights as Americans, as all human beings, don't come from any earthly authority. They don't come from Congress. They don't come from the Supreme Court. They come from God. 
that thing there and moving into her conversation about Christian nationalism and all, you know, and all of this stuff, nothing that she said in that whole thing was correct. Uh, our country is founded on the idea that our rights come from God. And the, you know, the foundation of our country comes from what's called a Judeo-Christian ethic or Judeo-Christian uh, ideas about freedom, about humanity, about human rights. All of those things developed over time. And when we were built as a country, the reason that you have in the Declaration of Independence is that we have these rights given to us by our Creator, that it's not by government. you got to ask yourself, you know, if you're a Republican or Democrat, do you want the Democrats determining what you have the rights for or the Republicans determining what your rights are? Uh, you don't. You don't want either of those. You want human rights that are the way they are. And we have human rights enumerated that our founders figured these are inalienable rights, life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, and we have them enumerated in our our Bill of Rights and, uh, you know, the First Amendment, you know, there's five, five different rights you have in the First Amendment. Did you know that? Um, it's religion, press, speech, assembly, and also the right to sue the government. All five of those are in there. And the belief for the founders was is that these are human rights. These are God-given rights that if a country is going to operate with freedom, then you've got to have those. Now, other things that are rights and privileges, there's lots of other arguments. And today, you know, we're talking about, you know, what a marriage should be. Is it a right or is it a privilege? Should there be a right to health care? Should there be a right to just come here over the border or should there be a process? You know, what are the human rights? We argue those from a moral standpoint. We argue those things that's not really Republican versus Democrat when it comes to rights, the American way of looking at it, which I think also is a Christian theological way of looking at it, is that there are certain rights that are established by God that human beings should have just for the sake of their humanity, just for the sake that we're made in the image of God. It's important not to deny that. What's concerning is this brush of Christian nationalism, which is a pejorative statement, um, is being placed over things that are foundationally American today. And it's important that we understand not to do that, that you may not be a Christian or you may not be religious, but what is so key to the freedoms that you still have is the belief that there is natural law, that there are certain things that are actually ontologically right, that it is wrong to murder, it is wrong to steal, that adultery is wrong. You know, why is that? Why is adultery something that is grounds for divorce? You know, and if you do that, you might get a divorce and you can lose custody of your kids and you can lose uh, money. You might have to pay alimony. That's in civil secular court system. Why do we think that way? Why do we think that's important? Um, it's it's because thou shalt not commit adultery is something that universally people thought was a good idea, even though it's a command given by God to the Israelites carried through uh, to us today. Don't commit adultery. And if you do, there's bad consequences. People think that's right. See, that's natural law. That's the idea. We believe they came from God. If you don't believe in God, you, you struggle to figure out why anything is right and wrong, but you come up with some kind of theory. I would say that you really need to push that back to, to a creator, uh, a personal God, and you should investigate that. But regardless, this matters, and you got to be careful with this. Now, on the other hand, all right, on the other hand, when you're talking about Christian nationalism, uh, we as Christians have to keep something in mind, okay, that the goal of our faith is not the success of the United States. 
It is not the lifestyle of Americans. The goal of our faith is is not uh, the success of our country or to have power for Christian people or things like that. Uh, those things can be used for good or bad. The goal of our faith is about Christ. The goal of our faith is the, about the purposes of Christ. Because at the end of the day, when you read through the Bible, no government is going to stand ultimately, including ours. The United States, most people believe, is not found in any biblical prophecy. Or if it is there, we're the bad guy, right? But most of us think, and what I think is, we either don't exist, we're gone whenever the end times happen, or we're just irrelevant. We're just part of everything else. Um, one of those two things is probably true. We have no power at some point. There's eventually even the best forms of government are going to fail. And when only when Jesus returns do you actually have peace. Only when Jesus returns do you actually have justice. Only It doesn't mean you don't pursue those things. We should spend our whole life pursuing those things. We're called to do that. And how to do that is something I think that Christians should be very concerned about. That's We should walk with the Lord. We should want to do justice, and we should want to love mercy. These are the things, and we should love our neighbor as ourselves, and all of those things. And we should work out how to practically do those things. Our purpose is following Christ, though. That's important. You know, the the failure of the the prosperity gospel, which is still out there, but the, the problem with it is it's to say, I'm going to take the Bible and I'm going to interpret it a certain way in order that I can make money. If I just have enough faith, if I just apply this a certain way, then God is going to bless me for our, my own purposes. And that's not biblical at all. You know, the goal with whatever wealth you have or don't have is to leverage it for the mission that God has given you. And you might be blessed by it. I think it's fine to enjoy what God has given you, but you know, it, the essence of our faith is not the success of the country or not the success of my business or my career or my all these things. It's Christ. You know, the, the fact is that some people are called to be poor. They're just going to be poor. Some people are called to be wealthy. They're going to be wealthy. And some people are poor, and it's because they're not wise with money, right? They didn't have to be poor. They just they're not wise with money. Some people are wealthy because they invested wisely. They are wise with money. But there are also some people who are poor because of circumstances that are beyond their control. There are even people who are rich because of circumstances beyond their control. They inherited it or they won the lottery or something, right? Uh, whatever the case is, the purpose of the Christian faith is not to make you wealthy or comfortable. It's to make disciples. The purposes of elections from a Christian standpoint is, I think, multiple, but it's not to maintain or gain personal power. It's to make sure that we have a government that is reasonable and fair and righteous as best as we can. So if you're going to vote, which is the minimum that everybody can do with respect to this government, uh, you know, you want to vote for policies that are going to work that are actually going to lead to people being helped, to helping the poor or helping the country, you know, financial responsibility, safety, security, peace, all those things. We can argue about how to do that politically, but that should be the goal. I think where things get off track is when we decide that the goal is to force people into something they don't want to do or that the goal is for my power or other things. I brought this up because there's this article, and I'll get to your calls here in just a minute. It is Open Line Friday, so you can uh, uh, join in with what I'm talking about, or we'll change the subject. The number is 888-528-2557. This is the Pastor Scott Show, 888-528-2557. There's an article 
that uh, came out, and it basically says this, that Hispanic Protestants are now, according to a new survey, among the biggest supporters of Christian nationalism, despite the belief system's anti-immigrant, anti-diversity stances, according to a new survey. And then it basically goes and it says, you know, if you're not a white person, you shouldn't support Christian nationalism uh, because uh, it's basically a racist view. But it, it takes a long time to even describe what that is. And then it describes it this way. Um, Many Christian nationalists believe that the federal government should declare the United States a Christian nation and move away from secular interpretations of pluralist democracy. You know, when you break all those things out, I don't think most Christians agree that the country uh, should force people to be Christian. In fact, if you study our country, that was part of the problem before with all the countries that the Puritans and everybody and the pilgrims fled is you were forced to have certain religious beliefs by the state. And the pilgrim, you know, the Puritan experiment failed here ultimately because we tried that here with Christianity. It didn't work. What works is, is, hey, the God and the rights and the truth of God is beyond government. It's God is who he is and he's true no matter what. And government should reflect what is actually true, but allow people to differ where there is space to differ, to allow people to have their own religious belief. The government, even if it's a Christian government, even if the government says, you know, you know, in our government throughout its history, most of the time, right, it's Christian prayers. It's we have lots of Christianity, our national hymns, all of that, you know, from a certain perspective, it's a Christian nation. But from the standpoint of a theocracy or a country that demands that you have certain beliefs, that's not even Christian because belief is something that's in your heart. You can't force somebody to accept a religious view. You might be able to force them to say it by putting a gun to their head or or, or promising them something or, you know, those people who fake it for different reasons. Um, but God knows the truth about what's in a person's heart. Saying it doesn't make it so. And forcing somebody to do something does not make it so either. And I don't think most Christians are for that. There's probably some who say they're for that. It's not Christianity then. Uh, but then this view of Christian nationalism is says you're a Christian nationalist if you're anti-abortion, if you are not in favor of the transgender agenda. Uh, you know what? There's a lot of people who aren't religious who aren't for abortion. In fact, one of the fastest growing atheist groups out there is an anti-abortion group. I don't know if you know that. Um, and this is where it gets to be, it goes off the rails on that side is that as a Christian person, you are allowed to participate in the system and to have beliefs that determine what kind of policies you think are right. You can have religious beliefs. The other side of it is religious too. It's like, it's like religion. It's no God, but there's, there's something philosophical that's behind those beliefs. There's a, there's an agenda that's not rooted in anything other than uh, some kind of belief fueled by something um, that's who we are. That's who human beings are. And we should be very careful on the one hand to realize that our faith is not determined by whatever happens to the United States, that the purpose of the United States uh, is not the same as the purpose of Christianity. God is going to use the United States for his purposes, and when he's done with using us for that, uh, we're done. I heard a pastor one time, I'm not sure I agree with this in total, but I do agree with it in part, he said the purpose of the United States is to protect Israel until the end times, that that's the reason we're here. That's the reason that our country might exist in the big picture, just kind of a simplistic thing. I think we're here for more than that. 
But, you know, right now, who is the only one in the, in the world protecting Israel? Us. We're it. We have some allies who are kind of sort of there, but not really. It's us. Uh, how long is that going to last, do you think? And then what happens after that? Uh, there's a, God's reasons for our country are different, and God's reasons for the success or failures of our country uh, in the future uh, are up to him, and they're up to his greater plan for the salvation of humanity. We have to keep that in mind. And, and whatever happens in this election and whatever happens with the policies and stuff in our country, as bad as it could get, or as good, uh, at the end of the day, we should remember that God's purposes are the ones that matter that we pursue. And it's his will that will be done. You know, in countries that Christians are persecuted the most in, where Christianity is illegal, like you can't, you don't have any freedom of religion, and especially not Christianity. Interestingly enough, in most of those countries, the church is growing faster there than it is growing here. And so we should not worry about what may happen uh, because God is going to grow his church regardless of the governmental circumstances that are there. Uh, we, I think, should fight in our country for what is right, for protecting people against lies, protecting people against falsehoods in government, falsehoods in science or medicine. Um, I don't mean, and I'm not anti-science, you know, but sometimes scientists are not truthful. There's a difference. You know, science is just science, and we should be investigating and finding the truth about as best as we can tell with every single thing. Um, But we should be aware that sometimes conclusions happen because a grant follows it. You know, sometimes conclusions happen because there's a political agenda, and anybody is susceptible to that in any any profession. This is something to uh, be thinking about because I think you're going to hear um, the idea of Christian nationalism very undefined. But Christians are going to be labeled, even non-Christians are going to be labeled as Christian nationalists, which is just odd. But that is, uh, that's coming in our country. There's a lot more we can say about that. I want to get your calls. It is, it is uh, Open Line Friday, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Vicki in Silver Lake, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hi, how are you? I just wanted to let you know that I'm praying for you and your family and the ministry that God has called you to. Thank you. I have a question. Um, in the Bible, it does say that that God will remove uh, a person's name out of the Lamb's Book of Life. That's in the Bible, correct? Uh, that your name would be blotted out of the. Uh, I think there. Yeah, there's a passage for that. Let me find it here real quick. It's in the Book of. Uh, uh, let's see here. Hold on here. It's in the uh, old Psalm sixty-nine twenty-eight. There's a few places where there's the idea that well, there's a request that the name would be blocked, blotted out of the uh, the book of life. So David, in often praying against his enemies, would uh, basically say, "God, please send them to hell." Okay, we don't want people to go to hell. We do Nobody not. wants no one to go to hell, but. Um, the Bible does say that not everybody that, that uh, will say, Lord, Lord, did I do this for you, will be entering in. But my question is, if God says that he will blot your name out of the Lamb's Book of Life or take it out, that does mean that it was in the Lamb's Book of Life at one time, that a person's name was in the Lamb's Book of Life at one time, but God took it out. Am I correct? Am I saying that correctly? Well... Um, 
I want it. Your, um, there your, are some people who have different opinions about what that is referring to and how that works. What you're talking about is a doctrine of eternal security, all right? Yes, sir. And, uh, you know, it matters, obviously, to you. And most people, and what I would say is at the end of the day, uh, and I think what you're getting at is it's Revelation 3, 5. It says, the one who conquers will be clothed and thus in white garments, and I will never blot his name out of the book of life. And what some people will say is, well, that's a foolproof text that is uh, against the idea of eternal security. Um, But uh, Mm. a lot of people say that's not something that it actually says there, all right? That. But it, if it's there, then that's what it says. Yeah. Well, I mean, that that it doesn't mean what you think it means. So I, I would have to get into the, the weeds a little bit on, on that. Okay. okay. But most, peop- most people think that once you're saved, you're always saved, and that if you are, um, if you reject Christ or you fall away, then you were probably never saved in the first place. So people who cry out, Lord, Lord, the, the deal there is that they never knew him as Lord. They went to church and they did all the stuff, but they were never actually saved. If you, I got to go to a break, and I'll try to address this a little bit when I get back, okay? Uh, and then I'll go on to some other calls. Vicki, I do appreciate your prayers and your call. Uh, Susan and Sherelle, I see your calls, and uh, we'll get to your calls on Open Line Friday. When we come back, the number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. This is the Pastor Scott Show. You can follow us on social media right now, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, X, and TikTok, and we're on Rumble. Just look for the Pastor Scott Show. We're at Pastor Scott Show. As the We'll be back as the Friday edition continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. Pastor Scott Show, open phone Friday today. 888-528-2557, Before the break, uh, Victoria, I think it was Victoria, if I remember right, we're talking about eternal security. You know, in the passage that came up was um, the one who is, vic- this is Revelation 3, 5, the one who is victorious uh, will, like them, be dressed in white. I will never blot out the name of a person from the book of life, but will acknowledge th- uh, that name before my father and his angels. Um the I think the suggestion was is that well does that mean that a name can be blotted out from the book of life and in the book of Psalms David prays a couple of times about God would you blot out their name from your book and uh, you there's in the Psalms you have something called imprecatory Psalms and what they are is they are wishing you know bad things to happen to your enemies have you ever done that I think. All of us have. Have you ever prayed in precatory, you know, so I had somebody tell me once it was a marital counseling situation, and she said she prays that a meteor hits him one day. So they had some issues to deal with, right? But obviously that's not something you really want. And when you read those Psalms, the reason they're there is because they're very personal and very real. It's not saying that you should wish harms. I think there's one where David says, knock the teeth out of my enemy and do all this and that. It's okay to pray against your enemy, but to, to when you read all those, you bring it back and you at the end of the day, what you want is their salvation first and foremost. And then secondly, you want them to be stopped from hindering you in the mission that God has called you to. Um, but ultimately, and now as Christians, we want their salvation. 
um, and that is what you always pray for. So the the Revelation passage, it doesn't say that anyone's name is ever taken out of the the book of life. It's a promise that, hey, if you uh, uh, persevere, and we're talking about end of the world times here, uh, I'm not going to take your name out of the book of life. You don't have to worry about it. And I think the short of it is, I would say, is I think that we spend a lot of times worrying about I'm going to do something to lose my salvation rather than just pursuing Christ and trusting that his death is sufficient for me and his resurrection. And if you think you're going to lose your salvation, you need to say, is there, you know, am I not repentant? Am I not giving something up to the Lord? Do I really know the Lord? I think that if you know the Lord, you do. And, you know, you should have comfort in the fact that your salvation is secure. If you're living a lifestyle that you know is against the Lord and you deliberately, without struggle, right, you just keep doing that, well, then maybe you should ask whether you're saved in the first place. Maybe you should figure out if you really believe Jesus is who he said he was, because if you do, you're going to want to live for him. Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Uh, He doesn't say, if you love me, you will show up to church and you'll carry your Bible and you'll wear a cross on your lapel around your neck. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Uh, it's not a, it's not a command to say this is your how you get saved. It's to say this is the result of being saved. You will keep my commandments. He doesn't say you're going to do it perf- uh, perfectly. That's why in the Lord's prayer he says you ask for forgiveness because you're going to keep sinning. But uh, I don't believe your salvation, if you're truly saved, can be taken away. But I think it's a better conversation to say, are we really pursuing the Lord? 888-528-2557. Eric in Placentia, you want to weigh in on this subject? Yes, sir. Uh, how you doing? Good, Eric. I, I've called a few times before. You know, um, I've studied a little bit in hermeneutics just to try to get my Bible study ramped up a little bit better. And one of the things that I learned was that Scripture interprets Scripture. That's right. And, uh, like, if you take a look at Romans eight thirty-eight and 39, I think that's pretty much the flagship verse of eternal security. But I've seen many other verses, like, uh, by no means anybody who's in my hand will be lost. And I, I don't know the address, and I'm sort of paraphrasing that. I think that's in, that. uh, in John. Right. But if you don't go by the verses, if you think just theologically— and, and you kind of touched on it already, so it kind of took the wind out of my sails. But Christ's death on the cross, if we say that we can lose our salvation, it really undermines the cross. And I just, I don't see a watered-down Jesus. I don't see a Jesus that, that can't get the job done. I see a magnificent Savior. And uh, that's just... Uh, where where I, where I see it. Yeah, it's John 10, 28. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. Um, right. And the idea, I think, the simplest way, and you're right about the Romans passage as well, the simplest thing is this. If I can't get saved because of something I do, then I also can't get unsaved because of something I do. You know what I mean? Right. It, it I mean, wouldn't make any sense at that point. So I think the, the better question for people is, does my life reflect that I really believe that Jesus died for me. And 
that doesn't make you perfect. And, you know, I know people who are horrific sinners, but they got saved and they're still horrific sinners, but they are getting better. It's noticeable. Their life is changing. Like I know a guy who's in prison <laughs> off and on. He calls it his prison career. Okay. Uh, but when you look at his life and I can't have him come on the show and give his testimony because he drops an F word every other word. It's really hard to, you can't do that on the radio. But when I, but when I look at his life, there's definite growth. You see it, his friends see it, his cellmates see it. You know, it's uh, it's an incredible thing. And, you know, from only the Lord knows the heart, right? But I would say that's a growing person, even though he's got a long way to go. And right. I know people who've been in church every day in their life who I sometimes wonder, uh, do they really know the Lord? Uh, and it's still yeah. it's up to the Lord, but it's it can be kind of scary that you can, I think it's A.W. Tozer once said that uh, being a Christian is, the scariest thing about being a Christian is that you can learn how to do it. You know, is that the idea that maybe you're going through the religious motions, but maybe you don't have faith. Right. Uh, and so, uh, one that's... of the other things, one of the other things I, I noticed about studying the Bible is, and and and, th- and this is why we have to study to show ourselves approved, and that the Bible is like an onion, a lot of layers. We've heard of this before, but the some of the verses seem to be for believers. And some of them seem to be for false Christians. There's a delineation in some of the passages. Am I right, or am I not really? Well, I, I would say that all of it is for both, um, but some of them are intended, I think, to hit differently depending on where you are, you know. Yeah, exactly. Um, when Jesus says, uh, you know, if you come to me, not everyone who comes to me saying, Lord, Lord, will be entered into the kingdom of God. Well, he's talking about unbelievers, and he's talking about unbelievers who think they're believers. You right. know, uh, Right. And, uh, you know, that's a really important uh, passage right there uh, for that. I appreciate your input, uh, Eric. Thanks for calling the Pastor Scott Show on that. Uh, it's Open Line Friday. We'll talk about whatever it is you'd like to talk about. <laughs> 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557 on the Pastor Scott Show. Uh, Susan and then Sherelle. Susan, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. You still there, Susan? Susan, in, yeah, Susan in Norwalk. Susan in Norwalk. Okay, that's me. Thank you. Yeah, um, I was hearing you talking about this new uh, term that the media, well, it's not new, but uh Kind of to me, it is recently hearing them on uh, lamestream media calling them now Christian nationalists. They're now creating two categories. There's the Christians, and then there's the Christian nationalists. Right. And to me, when I heard that, I was like just rebuking it because they're, again, trying to create division. And what they're also going to do is they're going to eventually probably also call that category that they're creating domestic terrorists. So we have to be careful as Christians not to just be accepting of these terms these people come up with, because they're going to use that. They're not just saying it, you know, casually because it's just something she just thought of. This is some. There's more to it. Oh yeah, it it's it's on, on purpose that. to really what it yeah. is is it's a method to cause uh, people who have that. convictions that go against uh, whatever their convictions are to to shut up. Um, you're a bad person. Exactly. Now, there there are people who I would say, I don't know if Christian nationalism is the right term, but there are Christians who believe things that about politics that are 
not biblical. For example, there's some people who believe that that in order for Jesus to return, that Christians need to politically and militarily take over the world, and that Jesus will return when there's a Christian uh, running every country or something like that, um, which is not at all how I read the scriptures at all. I would say, right. you know, it's getting yeah. worse for us. Like If you think that's where we're headed, uh, and therefore you would leverage your faith for power in this country or any other country, uh, that's not Christianity. Mm-hmm. Um, that is exactly. not what we believe. But because if you think it. that your faith calls you to to be concerned about the poor in our country, the kids in our country, the policies that contribute to different things, uh, that's different. And maybe there's some difference of opinion that people would have there, too. But I think God calls us to care uh, and to be Absolutely. involved here. Yeah. And the lawlessness. They don't want us to call on the lawlessness. Yeah. You know, that's the worst part. So it's, they want us to keep quiet. Don't. It, don't bring attention to it. It's really about silencing uh, dissent, and is. that is—it's is, a much bigger thing. Because there are there are people who believe what I believe who aren't Christians for sure, but who would agree with me on school boards and agree with me on right. homeless policy and yes. you know kind of common sense stuff. <laughs> right. I mean, it's uh, there's a bunch of uh, Muslims who are at these uh, school board rallies who are saying, Absolutely. "I don't want you teaching my kid that either." Well, they're not Christian Absolutely. nationalists, are they? That don't make any sense. There you go, um, so, Susan. Uh, my point was just rebuke that word. Let's not accept it. Let's yeah. not just go along with you know the agenda or yeah. the narrative that they're let's trying be, to yeah. create here. And let's be wise though, and keep following Christ and make sure that He's the focus Absolutely. even of your politics because it can be. And I appreciate your call. It can be so overcoming the political conversations that we're in that we forget that our real purpose is to make disciples. And we should uh, be thinking along those lines and caring for people policy-wise. Uh, i got to take a break. Sherelle, you're next, and then Ruth, and then others on Open Line Friday, 888-528-2557 is the number, 888-528-2557. You can follow us on social media, at Pastor Scott Show, right now. Plus, right now you can buy one, get one free for Ask a Jew, Ask a Christian. Go to kkla.com, use B-O-G-O as the buy one, get one free coupon code. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. Pastor Scott Show, open line Friday, 888-528-2557 is the number, 888-528-2557. We'll talk about whatever it is you'd like to talk about. If you missed the announcement earlier today and only today, you can buy one and get one free for our Ask a Jew, Ask a Christian event with Dennis Prager and Pastor Alan Jackson at Shepherd Church. It's on Tuesday, March 12th. Go to kkla.com right now and type in the keyword ask, or you can click on the, the banner there for that. Pick your tickets and at checkout, type in the discount code BOGO, B-O-G-O, BOGO. This is a buy one, get one free ticket offer. It's available only today. So don't wait for this BOGO special, buy one, get one. The discount code expires tonight at midnight, March 1st, midnight, uh, 1159, I should say, p.m. March 1st. Uh, go to kkla.com right now. Click on the banner for Ask a Jew, Ask a Christian, a Christian and Jewish conversation with Dennis Prager and Alan Jackson, and get your tickets today. Buy one, get one free. Great day to invite a friend. You go buy your ticket that you were going to get anyway, right? Now you get a free one, and now you can invite somebody and say, I already got you a ticket. 
Uh, great way to invite people to that. It's going to be a great evening. All right, Sherelle in Inglewood, uh, thanks for holding on so long. You still there? I am. Hi, Sherelle. Thanks for holding on so long. Yes, I had two things. Um, I just wanted to get clarification about um, independence voting in the presidential primary. They actually can if they did what I did, which yeah. was do a crossover to whatever party um, presidential candidate that you want to vote for, and then you can vote in the primaries. So just to, so people can know that that is an option if they want to vote in the primary. Yeah, I think you can do that uh, unless you are a Republican. You can't do that if you're a Republican or if you want to vote for you. The only way to let me see here. I'm reading it right now. Uh, if you want to do that, say you're an independent and you want to vote for the Democrat candidates, Joe Biden or somebody else. Uh, you have to go to your polling place or to the registrar and get a crossover ballot. That's what you did, huh? Yeah, that's what I did. And that yeah, worked. Because I'm independent and I want to vote in every election like I've been doing since I was 18. Um, so I don't I didn't see any difference. It seemed to be you just had to cross over to whatever party. Yeah. Know? But um, that was my um I wanted to share. But the other thing is, I know you mentioned Christian nationalism. Yeah. And I was looking at um, some information about that from the Baptist Joint Committee for Religious Liberty. And they kind of were saying it was a merging of Christian and politics and somewhat of a distortion. I know that there may be people who consider themselves that, and it may not be the same. Just like a lot of social movements, usually when we're Christians, if we somewhat come away from Christianity, it's easy to get distorted. Yeah. You know, that happened with the Black Lives Matter movement. It happens with a lot of social movements where people are trying to do something good, but usually when you get away from the simplicity of Christ, you get in trouble. Yes. So not everybody, obviously, who is considered themselves a Christian nationalist, I don't. I just consider myself a Christian because to me that's the wisest thing to be. It could all obviously be some distortions with that because they were mentioning that it's more about Dominionism, where people think that everybody needs to be a Christian in power, in seeking power, which, of course, is not, you know, what we're supposed to be doing. You know, we're supposed to be, like you said, making disciples, preaching the gospel, living for Christ. That's the main thing, the plain thing. Yeah, that's right. And that's where the Christian, I think, really has to recognize that there are some Christians who have distorted the faith where it's about that power or dominion, and it's not at all biblical. We are always called to make disciples and to be considered to consider those things. And, uh, you know, you, you mentioned something that, you know, with so many different issues, it's so easy to get passionate, I think, about the political things more yeah. than we are for the gospel because it seems more tangible, right? We have elections and we have candidates and we've got you know, newspaper articles we can go to and it seems current. But our yeah, passion... But follow need... us into eternity. That's right. That's right. That's right. If you uh, say not, who was president won't matter. That's right. And there's a lot that you can do beyond the vote. You know, that's something that, you know, whenever this is over, elections and stuff, we I like to ask, you know, so what now? You're just going to wait two more years to care? Uh, you know, you can go out and care for people and uh, and take your own action on a lot of stuff to befriend people, yeah, to both care both and both. be involved. And that's very much a Christian thing to do. Uh, Sherelle, thank you for calling the Pastor Scott Show. Oh, and I looked at uh, I looked that up. Uh, if you are registered as a independent, a Democrat, American independent, or libertarian, you can switch your ballot out. But if you are a Republican or a Peace and Freedom Party or a Green Party, you can't. You instead, if you That's wanted really, to, you have to actually change your. You actually have to re-register in order to do that. 
Oh, okay. So they make it a little bit more difficult, those particular parties. You they do. That's one of many reasons why there are no Republicans in California, because they just, it's stupid. <laughs> okay, well, I would think everybody would want their parties to be able to cross if they want to do that. You would think. Okay. You know, all right. <laughs> Thanks, Jarrell. <laughs> Thanks for calling the Pastor Scott Show. It's the, the, everybody thought, oh, this is a good idea. Well, it's not. Wait till you get to ranked choice voting. And then uh, what happens is uh, whoever is actually the third most popular candidate ends up being the winner. Uh, 888. People are going to say, oh, this is great. It's going to be more the will of the people. No, it's not. 888-528-2557. Somebody, I just stepped on their toes right now. You can call if you want to. 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. Ruth in LA. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hi, Ruth. Oh, I, I didn't hear your name. My name. Go ahead, Ruth. I pray for Dennis Prager almost every day, and recently I heard a Jewish rabbi who is a Christian say that many Jews in Jerusalem are coming to the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. And this AM, I was looking up a verse in the book of Psalms, and I noticed I had written above the first page um, that... In the book of Psalms, the Lord Jesus Christ is um, uh, is talked about more than in the Gospels. How come all of these pastors who speak with him don't ask him directly about his salvation? You're talking about Dennis? Yes, Dennis Prager. Uh, I think that many do. Dennis is oh. surrounded by many pastors and many Christians, and uh, I think he gets asked a lot, and he's very upfront about it. I think one of the things that's refreshing about the Ask a Jew, Ask a Christian conversation that we're going to have is that it's just very open and it's kind, but it's straightforward. You know, no one's, uh, everyone is saying, this is what I believe. Dennis will say, this is what I believe, and he'll mm-hmm. put it out there. And uh, I think that's good, you know, for any of us to be able to express what we actually believe, if that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the way you know how to pray for somebody is you find out where they're really at. Uh, we don't want people to be faking it. You know, a lot of people have left Christian churches, and they'll call it deconstruction, or they'll call it other things. Sometimes there's a lot of hurt and pain that's involved in, in those things. But a lot of the time, it's, you know, I didn't really believe this anyway. I was going because my mom made me go, and then I realized... And I'd rather you you just be honest about where you're at than than come to church and fake it. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's I I want you to be saved, but I don't want you to pretend and just have everybody think that maybe you're saved because you're doing the routine of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, be honest with with yourself. So yeah, keep being in prayer for for him and what's happening in you know, Israel. There's not a lot of Christians in in Israel, but you know as as the world keeps going the direction that scripture says it's going to go in uh you have to confront the words of Christ and the prophecies in the scripture it's it's profound when you read that and you look at the news and you see you know it's very easy today to see how those things are going to potentially come true Um, you know, how would we have a one world government or one world economy? How could there be, you know, how could somebody control the buying and selling of people who don't bow down to the, uh, you know, the leadership or the beast? Well, 
mm-hmm. 50 years ago, you wouldn't really know. It doesn't make any sense. But today, it's simple with digital currency, and, uh, you know, it's very easy to see how that would be possible. Um, it's coming. It's coming. So keep praying, and I hope to see you at the uh, the, the event, Ruth. Uh, Thank you for your answer, and I certainly will keep praying for him. <laughs> yeah, keep doing that. Thank you, Ruth. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much, and uh, I hope we have – I think we're going to have Dennis on here pretty soon, and we're going to talk about it. i got some questions, too, I, that I want to ask him, just even from last year and the difference between last year's event and this year. Uh, the event we're talking about is called Ask a Jew, Ask a Christian. We changed the title. It's been uh, Ask a Jew, Ask a Gentile, and uh, we changed it a little bit this year to, to mix things up a little bit, but also – that we think that those are some questions that a lot of people have, the difference between uh, Judaism and Christianity, and also with respect to the rise of anti-Semitism that has been so huge, what's happening in the Israel-Gaza war and other things uh, around the country. We think this will be beneficial for everybody, so not just Jews and Christians, but everybody. Uh, If you would like to be a part of that, it's on March 12th, today and today only. We have a buy one, get one free special. So you got to do it today, March 1st, and uh, it's buy one, get one free. The event is called Ask a Jew, Ask a Christian. It's on Tuesday, March 12th at Shepherd Church in Porter Ranch. Uh, Porter Ranch is uh, in San Fernando Valley, and you can get there on from any freeway in Southern California. It's easy to get there. Big church pastor Dudley Rutherford, he is the pastor there. He'll be moderating the discussion. He's going to be on our show next week. We're looking forward to talking with him on that. And uh, so I want to remind you that you can buy one, get one free today only. Uh, the event starts at 7, doors open at 6.45. There is a VIP reception at 5.30 if you want to get those tickets. I don't know if those are buy one, get one. Do we know that, the answer to that? I think it's probably just a general admission, but you can try it out. The uh, the The coupon code is BOGO, B-O-G-O. Buy one, get one is what that stands for, if you ever hear somebody say BOGO. So the, the buy one, get one free event is just today. So go to kkla.com, click the Ask a Jew, Ask a Christian banner, and uh, get your tickets. And in the in the checkout phase where you have the coupon code, put in B-O-G-O, B-O-G-O, and you can buy one, get one free today only. And that will be gone at 11.59 p.m. Pacific Standard Time tonight. Ask a Jew, ask a Christian. All right, everybody, good open line Friday. Lots of stuff we talked about today. It sure is good to be with you every day from 3 to 5. What's that? Okay, it's working on there on the VIP, uh, Wilbert says. It is great to be with you as it is each and every Friday from 3 to 5. Follow us right now on social media at Pastor Scott Show, at Pastor Scott Show. Good night. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.